This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, sidekick, and some other things, Ramon B. How are you, Ramon? I am doing not too shabby. I think is um, I can best describe it as not too shabby. Now, you gave me crap because the door was open. Yeah, the door was open. We were very fortunate. We're on the... uh, Fifth Less traveled floor. side of the the building too. We're on the we're on the in the cheap seats. Yes, we'll end of the hall way, yeah. is what yeah. I like to call it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't have anybody walking by. We don't. But if we did, it would be a noisy, hectic All nightmare. Of your fans clamoring against the <laughs> yeah, window. Well, a, we haven't had that yet. Not yet. No. So <laughs> that's right. Well, we're on the fifth floor. That keep they're too lazy to. They don't want to pay the parking as well. All right. Now, we always start – now, last week, that was the 200th episode. So Believe this it or is, not, yeah. This is the first episode of the 300s, as I like to call it. It's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's start with what I like to call the headlines of the day, news that you can use. You sure it's exciting stuff? <clears throat> well, I think it is. I don't know if you saw this on the TV. You got the TV? I've got the TV. So on the TV, I saw a social uh, – evidently there was a social media post from a uh, Rhode Island state senator where she was standing uh, upside, upside down. down and twerking. Yes. And, and I think she was uh, – she was chunky. Let me just say that. But she was twerking and uh, I find I, – I, here's the thing I was thinking. Number one, I don't think – that's going to get her any extra votes. Do you? No. Not no. at this point. Number two, it is how I got 1,000 Instagram followers. So I'm just saying. You could twerk not, right now. Not all, I'm, not, I'm not going to do it. I'm we not going to do it again. I learned my lesson. I record my the lesson. sounds of your bones creaking back and forth. <laughs> yes, that's twerk. what it would sound like. A bag full of broken glass being shaken. That's exactly what that would sound like. Okay. Spinal cord injury, all of that. So uh, I want to talk today a little bit about doing business with your friend, doing the business with your friends. So we all have friends. We all have acquaintances. We all have uh, former business colleagues and then you get into real estate and uh, I can tell you they don't see you the same way that total strangers see you. So so, – my best friend Jeff Guy, he, he, uh, you know, I get into real estate. Now he remembers me uh, when we were bikers, and uh, you know, I, I was a low life basically. Not basically, I was a low life. So I'm reformed. Look at me now. Okay, horrible example. You're living but the still. high life now. Yeah. But I was living the high life then. That's what the problem was. Now I'm not, thank God. But uh, so he remembered me that way. So then I get into real estate and he uh, buys and sells four houses and does not use me. Uh, 
So the what would be your response? Let's say you get into real estate, your very best friend buys and sells four or several houses or even one and does not use you. What would your reaction be? So think about that, okay? Now, my reaction, thank goodness, was uh, that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense that he wouldn't use me because he doesn't see me the way he saw the agents that he used. Now, the agents that he used were probably 10 times stupider than me, but he didn't know their history. So they'd probably done maybe worse things. And I was a better agent than any of them probably. But he wouldn't know that. So he sees me differently. So just remember this. Your friends don't see – They all, the old saying is familiarity breeds contempt. That's true. So what you're used to um, – it's like Floyd. Floyd Wickman, one day I was uh, – oh, I went to a – at Caesar's Palace. He had an event. So I go to his event. Oh, I have a caller. Would you like to talk to somebody? Let's do it. Let's Why do not? a caller. OK. We have a caller. The lovely Jeff Weaver is on the line. How are you, Jeff? Doing wonderful, Bob. How are you? Now, how's the weather where you are? Still sunny. We, we're praying for rain. Now, you're in St. George, Utah. Yes, sir. So uh, who is St. George named after? George Albert Smith. He sounds Mormon. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can have any last name you want as a Mormon, but it must be Smith. Yeah. And I know that because my relatives that are Mormon, their last name is Smith. That's just how it goes. <laughs> All right, so here's what I was talking about. I was talking about um, doing business with a friend, and I was going to tell a story about Floyd. So Floyd Wickman is my mentor and everything, and he taught me literally everything I know about sales. But he had this uh, event in in uh, Las Vegas in Caesar's Palace. So there was something that happened at the event <laughs> that I thought – Gee, I don't think that was the right way to do that. I had a criticism. It was constructive. I love Floyd. I think he's great, you know. And then uh, so I had sent an email to uh, his <laughs> business manager, Mike. So so it said, I think you should do something. I, I wish I could remember uh, what it was. But anyway, so I'm sitting in the office with my partner, Corlene. And, and uh, you know, the front desk lady says, hey, Bob, there's a call for you. And uh, I answer the phone and he says, hey, Bob, this is Floyd Wickman. And I said, Floyd, how you doing? Can you hold on one second? I hate to do this, but can I can put you on hold for one second? And he goes, of course. So I cover the phone. I go, holy crap. Floyd oh, my God. Oh, my God. I go, hello, Floyd. How you doing? So uh, so we have a lovely chat and everything. So how I saw him then and how I see him now is different because I go on a yacht trip every October with him and, and you know, I work for him and everything. But uh, uh, the moral of the story is familiarity breeds contempt. So when you do business with a friend, you don't want to skip steps. Now, you called in because you had a question. Jeff, what's your question? Oh, Bob, what a segue. I took a listing, and I skipped 
the pricing presentation. Ouch. And now I'm regretting it. Oh, what, what a miracle that he would be calling on topic. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Yes, and this was not exactly a setup. No, this is proof that there no. is a God. And no, it's not yeah, me. I'm, I'm in a hard situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us what happened. Okay. So tell us your long, sad tale of woe. I took a listing last week. I thought. What was it? Let's, was, what was it? A house? Single family home, 4,000 square feet, third acre, six bedrooms, five bathrooms. They wanted it. <laughs> sounds a Mormonic. Yeah. Well, and it's an older couple that lives there, just the two of them. In 4,000 square foot with their writing vacuum yeah. cleaner. Okay. Yeah, and they uh, their knees need to get replaced. What, and stairs. What, they need uh, what you're describing my problems. Now, what was, uh, what was the age of the house? What year was it built? 2012. Ooh. That's a problem. Okay. So it's a little bit on the outskirts of town, uh, just a smidge. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Keep going. So they wanted a million dollars for it. I mm-hmm. uh, took the listing at $900,000. Did you ask the million-dollar question of them? If you were going to win a million dollars by guessing correctly, what price realistically do you think a buyer would pay for your house? Did you ask that just that way? Ever? No. Okay. So write that down. Million-dollar yeah. question. Always ask that. When you're booking the appointment is when you ask that. You don't ask it when you're at the appointment. You ask it when you're booking it. Okay. Okay. So they want a million dollars for it. Uh, we, we've we had one showing. They made us a full-price offer, but it's contingent on them selling their home. What's the asking price? Nine hundred thousand. Well, if they want a million, you can't get it by asking nine hundred. Yeah, and, and it's not worth either of those numbers. It, it's probably closer to eight fifty for fair so market. Let me ask you that. No more showing. Let me ask you about that. So, is it your opinion, knowing what you know now, because it is on the how long? How many days has it been on the market? Seven. Yesterday, how many showings did you have? Zero. How many the day before? We've only had one showing the whole okay. time it's been on the market. So that's like no information, really. So, uh, But knowing what you know now, which isn't much more than you knew then, uh, and think before you answer, what is the price at which you would have to be listed to get one showing a day on average? That would be seven in a week. 30 in a month after the initial spurt of showings is over and it dies down to only one a day. What what do you, price do you think that would be? Would it be 800? Maybe. Yeah, maybe 800. Okay. Maybe so, a little lower. Okay, so 750 for sure? For sure. How much yeah, do they owe? Sure. Uh 350 give or take. Okay. What did they pay? 350. It'd be hard to build that house for three fifty. Impossible. You can't. No. Mm-hmm. Not not here. Well, you could, but the so the land is worthless that it's sitting on. That third acre is worth absolutely nothing. They have proven that. 
when they bought it is what I meant. I'm sorry. So, so the uh, so they paid three fifty. Did they buy it new? No. Okay. Did they have it? They didn't have it built. So what? How old? How long ago did they buy it? I think it's been about eight years. Around around 2015, 2014. Okay. All right. What's your question? Um, how do I fix this? Part of me thinks I, I should, if they're not willing to come down in price. Well, that's a separate issue, uh, but how do I fix it, uh, is, is, has, has nothing to do with what they're willing to do. So let's say, let's say I was the seller. Okay. So I want you to always do this, a great exercise for anybody. Imagine I am the seller. Now, you know, I am not only a sophisticated seller, I know every single thing about real estate, okay? And you know what my expectations of you would be. You'd have to do exactly what I would do, okay? So I'm a real seller and I say, I want you to sell it for more than it's worth. I don't get to decide what it's worth. Uh, the market will tell me and you what it's worth. Your opinion is seven fifty, maybe uh, eight hundred, maybe seven fifty for sure. That's that's what your opinion is now. Okay. So when you did the market analysis, did you do it the fearless agent way or some other way? Yeah, I, I feel like I did it the way. Okay. Uh, Actives only. But I don't know that I did it right. Okay. Yeah. So and, and then later you, on, I found some additional details that made my comp not great. And the additional property. details were what? Uh, one of them was in a gated uh, community. So it was, it was a nicer neighborhood. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that makes it a nicer neighborhood. It makes it a ho- horrible okay. neighborhood if you're trying to get into it when you have diarrhea. I know that. That's why I will never buy a <laughs> gated community house. I have this fear that I'm going to be having diarrhea and I mean driving and then the clicker doesn't work and I go, oh my God. You know, so I don't want that. That's a strange fear to have. I know. I have a lot of bizarre phobias. <laughs> it's it's only one of them, one of many. So uh, what's what's the name of my company again? Phobia Agent. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Mental illness agent. So then uh, when you did your original CMA, what was your guess at fair market value? What did you tell I them? Was, I thought it was nine hundred thousand. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, what was the other bit of information that made you rethink everything? Um, the house next door, or two houses down, was under contract, and they told me that their house was the same size as that house. And then we pulled out an old appraisal, which was different than the original MLS square footage and different than the county square footage. And so um, the house next door went under contract, listed at 975 and has a contract for 950 And uh, the market has stalled out in our area that I, I don't think that they would be able to match those prices. I mean, whereas we have no Well, that really doesn't have an effect on yours. 
the one the one down the street. Here's a here's a key concept, okay, that I think people don't get. Let's say you and I live next door to each other, Jeff, and okay. you, um, I I think you know I do my calculation on fair market value, and I'm very good at that, and I come up with uh-huh. five hundred thousand is my guess at fair market value, and and I put it on the market at four ninety nine nine, and I get the initial spurt to happen, and then and then uh, it peters down to you know one showing a day. I'm getting seven showings a week at the end of the second week on the market. So there's no doubt that fair market value is five hundred for my house, and if I wait no more than thirty days, I'm going to get full price. Okay, there's nobody that would ever argue otherwise. Okay, so five hundred is fair market value for my house. Now you have the same identical house right next door, and you sell your house to a family member. Okay, you owed him money because of some gambling debts or something. You were in Vegas. We don't want to talk about the details, (laughs) right? And you ended up selling it for two hundred and fifty thousand. All right. How does that affect the value of my house? Would it affect the value of my house? Does that change fair market value for my house? I don't. I mean, nominally. This is a yes or no question. No, because there's other comps. There's other competition. No, it has nothing to do with comps. I'm already on the market. So we're way past comps. The comps no longer matter. Once I'm on the market... It's comp schmumps. I'm I'm getting a showing a day. It will sell for five hundred. My house will sell for five hundred. The fact that you sold yours for two fifty wouldn't affect my. It w- wouldn't say, oh, why did he do that? He's gave his house, and that's going to less. No, it doesn't affect me. It has nothing to do with me. Now let's say okay. that um, you sold your house for seven fifty. Would that affect? Fair market value okay. for my house, probably no. No, I'm getting a showing a day. <laughs> Fair market value for my house is five hundred. If you sold yours for seven fifty, it doesn't make mine worth more. See, the the buyer for your house saw mine. They didn't like it. It wasn't their thing. I get it. And then for whatever reason, they fell in love with something about yours. Who knows what it is? You know, they, they paid seven fifty. For years, it doesn't affect the value of my house. So the comps okay. are a way to guess. It might affect my guess at fair market value. That that is possible. It might throw me off actually, but it wouldn't affect fair market value for my house. My house is worth five hundred. We've already determined that. I'm on the market. I'm getting a showing a day, and I'm not going to have to wait more than thirty days, and it's going to sell for five hundred. That's just the way it is. So this is a common mistake people make. After you're on the market, you don't need to look at comps anymore. We're way past that. Now the market is actually telling you – and some houses are so weird and maybe yours is. I don't know. I didn't ask you about that. Is it weird, unique, no. different from the others in the same exact neighborhood? It's identical to some of the other homes. OK. To most all of them. Pretty close, right? It's yeah. not the yeah, one the that's way bigger or the one that's way smaller or the one with a weird backing up to a toxic waste dump or 
a green belt it's or something? It's one of the 10 biggest homes. There's probably 10 other homes in that neighborhood that are the same size as it. Okay. And the rest of them are single level, half the size. And how many are total in that whole neighborhood? A hundred? Maybe 150. Okay. Maybe. So when it's one of the 10 biggest ones, then uh, that's a little bit of a challenge. If it was one of the 10 smallest ones, it would be a lot easier to sell. Mm-hmm. Easier, not more or less, forget that, but it would be easier because then I'd be buying the smallest house in, the, like, I, I'd like to buy the smallest house now. in Beverly Hills. So I, if I could buy the 900 square foot, one bedroom, <laughs> one bath house in right. Beverly Hills, then I'd be doing great. But if I bought the most expensive house, the biggest house in Beverly Hills, that would be a worser investment. So, um, so your right. question is, what do I do now? So here's, here's my question for you. And I want you to find this out if you don't already know. Is this seller somebody who has to sell and they are going to sell? And if fair market value, whatever that turns out to be, and the market get guaranteed will tell them, uh, will they sell it for fair market value if that's the best they can get no matter what that number is? Or is there a chance they will die of old age in that house? There's a chance. Okay. There's a chance it could be in two weeks. They're, they're that old. But it's single-level living. They just can't go upstairs, so they want a downside. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's pretty good motivation. We might, we might remind them about Ivana Trump. Is it too early for that joke? Uh, <laughs> yes. Too soon? It's too soon. Okay. So, uh, but I'm the guy... I've got bad back, bad knee, bad everything, and I don't want to be – I would never buy a two-story house. I have lived in a two-story house. It's out of the question for me. So I would remind them of a couple of things. They're not getting any younger, uh, and that house is going down in value as rapidly yeah. today as it will ever go down in value in their lifetime at their age. So if if yeah. you are going to move someday – and are they going to buy another house or, or rent? They want to rent for a short period of time while the market declines. So they're going to rent, and so they already know the house is going down in value. Yes. Okay. Well, then that's good. You don't have to sell them on that. So when they do buy, uh, the longer they wait to sell this house, the one they buy gets smaller, crappier, uh, in a worse neighborhood and more expensive all at the same time. Are they, are they paying yeah. cash for what they're going to buy, or are they going to get a loan for some portion of it? The, the margins are thin enough that they might be able to pay cash if they maximize mm-hmm. their sell now. Okay. All right. Do that, then. That's the thing. But don't, uh, don't try to suck up to them by lying to them about what fair market value is. Tell them the truth. Say, it, it was my opinion. The market has spoken. It's not my opinion. I'm sorry. But my analysis of fair market value now is different. I made a mistake. I, I believe it is yeah. 750 And if you wait two weeks, it could be 700 If you wait a month, it could be 650 Because this is the exact type of house in the exact type of area that goes down the fastest and the furthest in a bad market, yeah. which we're in. It's not a bad market. Yeah. It's just the declining market. It is what it is. 
Okay, Jeff, thanks for being on the show. By the way, uh, if anybody is uh, any of the stuff we talk about here makes sense to any of you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help, you can call me like Jeff did anytime at 480-385-8810. If you call at the wrong time, you end up on the show. Isn't that right, Ramon? That's absolutely right. You end up volunteering as a victim. Um, and don't think you're bothering me. I love talking to realtors. You can call me anytime. Please do go to fearlessagent.com. Watch all our videos. I think Jeff did that before he signed up for coaching. Listen to the other episodes of the podcast if you like. And if you're an owner of a real estate company and you're recruiting fewer agents than you wish you were, or you'd like to have an event, Fearless Agent event, just for your company, you can call me at 480-385-8810 after you go to fearlessagentrecruiting.com. And until next week, do what Jeff always does and I always do, and Ramon too. We always have fun, be humble, but most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Thanks, gang.